What's up, game geeks and tech junkies? Welcome to A Gaming Moment, a weekly 30-minute podcast about everything gaming and streaming related, including the news, tech, and software behind it. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so you can engage with us, as well as find out when we're streaming the podcast and get a first listen before it goes out across all of your favorite podcasting platforms. I'm Dagan07, and with me as always is Wild Twins Fan. Yeah, Day and I have been talking, and it's interesting watching the gaming and streaming industry evolve before our eyes. It seems like a lot of companies are stepping up and moving forward with a lot of gaming everything at the moment. Everyone's trying to figure out where they fit in in this huge industry, and more importantly, everyone's trying to get their piece of the cash cow. Yeah, we're going to be covering some of those industries in this week's episode. We have some crazy news to cover from social media giant Facebook banning live music to the Sony PS5 event, and Walmart's taking another step into gaming with a cow-flavored exclusive PC, and we have another huge gaming giant partnering up with a worldwide furniture giant to create affordable gaming furniture. But before we dive into that, we need to mention our charity event that we're hosting to support Players vs. Cancer and the American Association for Cancer Research. The event will be a week-long event running from October 18th through the 24th. For more information on the charity and who will be streaming, please visit agamingmoment.com forward slash charity. Now, Waldy, let's dive into this week's topics. Facebook has announced that they will have a zero-tolerance policy on live music starting October 1st. Details are hazy at best at the moment. Church worship services, musicians, and music groups all have concerns about their future streaming on Facebook. Facebook has stated you may not use videos on their products to create a music listening experience. To me, this is a clear attack on DJs and dance music streams. And unfortunately, this will affect other streams that include music too. Now, no one is really sure how strict they're going to try and be or what the actual limits are. Facebook claims they want to encourage musical expression on their platforms while also ensuring that they uphold their agreements with right holders. But partnerships with rights holders have brought more people together around music on their platforms. Facebook has released some vague general guidelines, such as shorter clips of music are recommended. There should always be a visual component to your video and the recorded audio should not be the primary purpose of the video. These guidelines are consistent across live and recorded video on both Facebook and Instagram and for all types of accounts. I don't know what they're thinking with this decision. I mean, maybe they're getting in trouble with DMCA strikes. I don't know. But what I do know is this is going to cause a lot of organizations, a lot of problems. One giant I guess you can call it an industry that's affected is going to be churches. Especially during this COVID lockdown, many churches have conformed to broadcasting their services through Facebook. This includes their praise and worship as well as the message. DJs who provide uplifting music to people who are trying to help people with, you know, mental issues. Facebook streamers. I mean, this affects so many people. I'm on the boat now, especially after this, that Facebook is nothing more than a political propaganda machine, and I'm probably going to move off of it because I don't want it to be any part of it. I can see the other side of the coin, though, too. If you want to watch or listen to music, go to another platform, YouTube, Spotify, or Twitch. Facebook is supposed to be about community and connecting. I don't know. This probably isn't going to be well received, and quite frankly, I've lost all interest in Facebook altogether. This seems to be a big knee-jerk reaction, no doubt more than likely based on legit legal grounds. If you use videos on Facebook or Instagram to create music listening experiences for yourself 
or for others, your videos will be blocked and your page and profile or your group may be deleted. This includes live streams. No telling what the effect will be as of now. People and groups will hopefully adapt and find a way or a better platform. On to more exciting news, Sony announced the prices and the release dates for the PS5. The company broadcasted a 40-minute digital showcase that included updates from first-party Sony Game Studios and other third-party partners. Sony pitched the event as one more look at some great games coming to the PS5 at launch and beyond before the console launches. Sony announced the dickless, uh, I mean discless, excuse me, PS5 will start at $399 and the version with the Blu-ray player will be $499. The Sony PS5 pre-orders should be live now if there's any left. Orders will begin shipping November 12th. Yeah, the more notable specs differences between the $500 PS5 compared to the $499 Xbox Series X is that the CPU on the Xbox Series X is a little bit more powerful with a 3.8 gigahertz processor versus the PS5's 3.5 gigahertz processor. They're both AMD Zen 2 8-core processors, but the, the clock speed is a little bit better on the Xbox Series X. On the GPU side of things, Again, the Xbox Series X is a little bit more powerful with 12.15 teraflops of power versus the PS5's 10.28 teraflops of power. 52 CUDA cores for the Xbox Series X versus 36 CUDA cores for the PlayStation 5. So just in those two components alone, we see pretty pretty big differences in the quality and you know what we can expect to see out of these two separate next-gen consoles. As far as the RAM goes, they both boast 16 gigs of RAM. However, the Xbox Series X boasts 320 bits versus the PS5 is boasting a 256-bit RAM. The Series X has a 1 terabyte Gen 4 SSD, while the PS5 has a weirdly numbered 825 gig SSD. And the output resolution Xbox is targeting 4K at 60 frames per second, which could potentially go up to 120 frames a second. PlayStation is only saying 4K at the moment. They're not giving us any kind of frames per second specifications. So after seeing the specs of the PS5, for me, it's a no-brainer to go with the Xbox. With the Series X being $499 and being that much more powerful at the same price, I'd almost be embarrassed to try to stay at the same price point if I was Sony. Personally, I'm not going to pick up the PS5. I mean, not until my wife says we have to get it so she can play a PS5 exclusive title, like the newly announced God of War, at which point I'll have no choice but to buy it. You know, happy wife, happy life ordeal. But I don't know, Wild. I guess I was just expecting more. Well, someone's got to win the most powerful console war. Microsoft seemed committed to win that round again. So, Wildy, what else did you see this week? Well, Walmart is now the exclusive seller of gateway PCs, and no, it's not $19.99. Oh, I'm sorry. You said that, and my brain went into nostalgia mode back to my preteen years. I hope they bring back the black and white cow pattern logo. Man, we're talking about the days when Compaq was still Compaq and not HP Compaq. I've never been a fan of Walmart computers, but looking at some of the specs of the computers Walmart is going to be selling, it's not going to be all of their low-tier computers. 
a notable laptop that they're going to be selling will be powered by an Intel Core i5 Comet Lake processor with an RTX 2060 GPU, a modest 8 gigs of RAM. Personally, I'd never go below 16 for gaming in a system today, but it is what it is. And it has a 256 gig solid state drive. It also has a 15 and a half inch display with a 1920 by 1080 resolution and a respectable 120 hertz refresh rate. Fear not day, the cow boxes have never left and are still a feature. Another gaming partnership has been announced. Asus Republic of Gamers and IKEA are teaming up to create a line of gaming furniture. IKEA has already jumped into tech with a smart home division and an augmented reality furniture app. But now it's making the leap into an entirely new category, PC gaming. The Swedish company has announced that it's teaming up with Asus Republic of Gamers division to create an affordable gaming furniture and accessory line with around 30 products. Though it didn't say exactly which products it would create, it seems likely that gaming desks and chairs will be part of the mix. We'll find out soon enough, as the product line will launch in China in February and be available in the U.S. and everywhere else by October of 2021. You mean I gotta wait a full year to get my hands on some affordable Asus ROG furniture that will take me days and a master's degree in engineering to assemble? Seriously, this is cool. It goes back and reaffirms what you said earlier. Companies are starting to realize, I don't know why just now, but they're realizing that gaming is a huge dominating industry. According to a recent study, the worldwide PC gaming market pulled in $37 billion so far in 2020. Interesting side note and worth for another topic at another time, PC gaming revenue is bested by both console and mobile gaming, but we'll save that topic for another episode. I think the furniture will look really good. IKEA does have some pretty good modern looking furniture anyways, but it's definitely not going to be built to last. Gamers are rough on their furniture. We have rage fits, we pound our desks in frustration, and gamers are typically not small people, so chair durability comes into a play. They'll have to move away from the poorly processed particle board that they use for their stuff, and the quality of the product is going to be my main point of concern. But man, oh man, is it going to look good in the beginning when you first get it. Yeah, for sure. Interesting enough, too, I tuned in the Choco Taco stream the other day, and I instantly noticed that he's not using his normal racing seat gaming chair, but in its place, a Herman Miller Aeron. As it turns out, I missed the mention that Herman Miller has expanded its gaming line. Now, in addition to the $1,500 gaming chair we discussed back in episode 5, they have expanded to an almost $1,500 Aeron chair in gaming edition matte black. Looks sweet. They also added a $1,300 sit and stand gamer desk and somewhat more reasonable $235 arm mount. It's so clean, it's so nice. Herman Miller makes nice stuff. Yeah, and the best part is it's all still cheaper than Apple's $1,000 monitor stand. Microsoft has announced that its Xbox Game Pass for PC will be leaving beta next week and going up in price. They've confirmed US pricing will be increasing to $9.99 a month. Xbox Game Pass for PC has been amazingly cheap since launched in beta last year. An initial one-month trial was only a dollar to start, and after that, it only jumped to $5 a month, which was more than worth it for a library of over 100 games. My kids loved it, and I loved it. However, starting next week, the Xbox Game Pass for PC 
will exit beta and its monthly price will double to $10 a month. It's not unexpected. The $5 a month was always a limited time offer and the usual $10 a month is about what you'd expect to pay for a subscription service. For reference, here in the U.S., Netflix standard is $13 and Spotify is $10. The price increase just so happens to come at the time that Microsoft adds EA Play to Xbox Game Pass. That means that the service automatically includes whatever's already in EA's vault, stuff like Sims, Mass Effect, Battlefield, and more. It's part of Microsoft's big next-gen Xbox information blowout this week which started with the official price and release date of its next-gen consoles. I think the price increase is 100% related to the addition of EA Play. But $10 is reasonable for a huge library of games, especially EA games. I'm automatically brought into this as I pay for Game Pass Ultimate, so expect to see my repertoire of games open up when these games actually become available. The next wave of AMD's massively successful Ryzen series processors will be announced on Thursday, October 8th. AMD also plans to reveal their highly anticipated Big Navi RDNA 2 GPU on Monday, October 28th, according to their social media. Yeah, I'm keeping my eyes peeled on this launch considering my next processor was going to be a Ryzen 9 3900X. Now I'll get to see early October if that's still going to be the case or if it's going to change. Hell, it might be the build I was going to build gets cheaper as I might still stick with the 3900X. I don't know yet. But we'll have to see what the specification differences are. This could be one of the first processors to support DDR5. And if that's the case, I might not switch unless it's backwards compatible with DDR4. There are a lot of unknowns, so I'll see what the dealio is going to be and make up my mind from there. I just know at a minimum, I'm going to be getting the 3900X. Ahead of its October 28th reveal, AMD has released the first images of its forthcoming Radon RX 6000 series GPU. As is increasingly common, AMD is leveraging Fortnite as a promotional tool for Big Navi. You can go check out a new model of the GPU on Fortnite's own creative island. I just don't think promoting your GPU through Fortnite is the best marketing tactic. I mean, I get it. You want to show that your game is optimized to play Fortnite, but really, how many Fortnite players are going to have the disposable income to purchase a card of this caliber? Nvidia has to be sitting there laughing at this knowing how many people are going to be lined up to get their cards. Like, seriously, this is almost making me say I'm just going to go with the 3080 and not even give Big Navi a chance. This might actually be a play on getting people to log back into Fortnite again. Reports say the numbers are down with the epic Apple battle going on right now. This could play out bad for Epic when people are creating accounts to view the card once but never logging back in again or even deleting their account. So they'll see a huge spike in account creations but the concurrent active players are not going up. Or even worse, they'll start declining. Guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast and would like to support us so we can keep creating more content, we've started a Patreon that you can visit at patreon.agamingmoment.com. Become a patron and gain exclusive benefits such as early access to episodes, monthly AMAs, and an additional monthly bonus episode. So sign up today. So, Day, I think we have a couple follow-ups this week, too. Yeah, Ninja Watch is finally over. 
Tyler Ninja Blevins is back on Twitch. Financial terms of the deal were not made public, although according to some rumors, Ninja's deal with Mixer was worth between $20 million and $30 million. Even if his new deal with Twitch is on the lower end of that spectrum due to less negotiating leverage, that's still a truckload of money. Yeah, I have to say we both missed the call on that. I was pretty confident he was going to stick with YouTube. He put out some solid numbers there. And with the turmoil he had leaving Twitch, they must have made him a real nice offer. Yeah, it's good to see the rich getting richer. As we covered NVIDIA and SoftBank earlier, they announced Sunday it's reached a deal to sell ARM to NVIDIA for a mix of cash and stock. NVIDIA will pay $21.5 billion in stock and an additional $12 billion in cash. SoftBank may also receive up to $5 billion in cash or stock subject to ARM hitting financial performance targets. NVIDIA will also issue $1.5 billion in stock to ARM employees. ARM, in case you didn't know, designs microprocessors that power most of the world's smartphones. So this could be a smart move by NVIDIA. As stated earlier, mobile gaming has surpassed both PC and console gaming by bringing in a whopping $77 billion thus far in 2020. So it makes sense for NVIDIA to dive into the mobile phone market. Their products could end up in phones such as the Asus ROG phone or Razer phones. And maybe, perhaps maybe, we might even see an NVIDIA phone. Yeah, who knows if they'll expand the phones. I do know not everyone's happy with this deal. So we'll have to see how this plays out for everyone currently using ARM processors. No doubt, it's a huge win for NVIDIA's future. Hey, if you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so you can engage with us as well as find out when we're streaming the podcast and get a first listen before it goes out across all podcasting platforms. So do it. Well, now that you mention it, there's no better reason than to hit us up on the social medias than the top questions of the week. Question one day, what do you look for in a computer case before you buy one? So a lot of people will go and they'll go based on, you know, price because they're like, ah, it's a case. The only thing that matters is what's inside for me. Like there's there's a flow. There's like a feng shui that has to happen on the inside for me. Like um, one case that I'm looking at purchasing right now is the new Corsair 4000D. And I really like the the layout of the internals. Um, it's got a dedicated area for. Uh, the three and a half inch hard drives. It's uh, and in that same area. It also you also put your uh, power supply in there, and it keeps all that separated from the components up top. It's got a really nice, pretty fairly deep uh, area for cable management on the back side of the case, so you can run your cables from your power supply up the back side to be able to plug into where it needs to go comes with some really nice velcro straps to kind of keep that cable management in place it's very open in the middle so that you can have really good airflow it's got enough uh, spaces for fans so if you want to do like an aio cooler or just have a lot of fans in there you you have that that flexibility it fits all of the motherboards that I would like that I've been looking at as well. So I can fit a full ATX motherboard in there and be able to fit that big hulking 3080 that I'm looking at getting as well. So those are kind of the things that I look at. Does it have enough room? I can also I can also set it up so that I can set the GPU up and vertically mount the GPU, which is very unique. And I think I might go with that because I mean, think about just 
opening the side of the case and you're just presented with your GPU, just like, oh, kind of deal. And yeah, I mean, like that's what I that's what I really look for when I'm looking to buy a new case is the the dynamics and the feng shui on the inside. What about you, Wildy? Yeah, I've seen that case and that case does look awful sweet, but I'm really just uh I'm just a form over function type or over beauty type of guy. Like my case right now, there's no panels you don't see in it. I don't need RGB anything. It's got really good airflow. It fits my video card. That's really all I need. I don't need anything fancy or glitzy or whatever. I'm playing on my computer. I'm not playing and looking at my computer. So for me, it's just got to have some uh, USB ports up front. Uh, it's got to fit my my motherboard. And uh, I probably water cool, but uh, air movement's uh, you know, a concern. These new cards and these powerful gpus and stuff need uh good cooling so something with good cooling uh being quiet's a big plus but not not a deal breaker to me uh and looks are absolutely last i do like cable management so if it's got some good cable management that's nice but ultimately they could be a mess because i ain't looking at it anyways yeah i can i can sentiment with the uh the audio levels. I mean, my, my computer sits under my desk. I don't need I don't need a tempered glass side either because the tempered glass side is going to be pointing away from me anyway. So I don't get to I won't really get to enjoy the beauty of the inside. And like you said, I'm playing on the computer. You know what what's being shown on my monitors. So I don't really care what the inside of my what the inside of my computer looks like as long as airflow is good, cable management is solid. You know that's 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 really all all I need. Yeah, last I looked at it, I think my uh, I actually think my video card looks pretty sweet, but I haven't seen it in about two years. <laughs> Speaking of graphics cards, with all of these new graphics cards coming out, do you think crypto mining is going to make a, a resurgence? Oh yeah, for sure. Miners are already chomping at the bit to get their hands on these new cards from Nvidia. Obviously, the hash rates have went way up on these cards. I've heard rumors of three to four times the hash rate on the Ethereum, so they can do three to four times more Ethereum each day. With the with these miners, they're making money off these GPUs. I don't know if they care if they end up paying an extra $100, $200, $300, $500 for these cards because they're all going to make that all back. So it kind of scares me that the availability is going to go in the toilet. The prices are going to go skyrocket. And uh, I'm a little bit scared what the mining market can do to the availability and the prices of these cards. Um, it's also the other reason I'm not going to be fighting in line to try to get one. Um, I just don't have the desire to be that early adopter and trying to fight and get the, the, the one card that's available. Um, it's, it's definitely going to introduce the same dynamic, I think, that we've seen in the past where uh, miners have jumped aboard and... Uh, made the market scarce and the price is high yeah i mean i've already got some buddies that are, are that are that are fairly new themselves into crypto money but they were talking about how excited they are about these new these new cards coming out even the 3070 uh you know modestly being 500 dollars is going to be an excellent 
mining card for the price for those that are going to go after the 3090 i mean can you imagine they're, they're probably going to get five to six times the the hash rates off of the 3090s so i mean like like you my sentiment is you know i hope it doesn't drive the prices of these of these graphics cards up i mean we just got it to where they're they're down i mean the 3070 being cheaper than a 2080 ti but still being pow- more powerful like let's keep the prices down and i i think the prices should stay down for a little bit because i mean the if the if the oem has announced that you know the prices are going to be set at if the oem has said that they're going to set the price for the 3070 at 499 and the 3080 at 699 then you know hopefully it'll stay those prices from then and, p- and companies won't try to price gouge us yeah, it'll be real interesting today if AMD comes out with their card and all of a sudden it's way more power efficient than NVIDIA. Now, you know, you're bang for the buck if you're not using as much power to mine. If you're getting near the same hash rate, you might actually come out ahead with a more efficient card. So it'll be real interesting to see what AMD's offerings have to do with this crypto market too. Yeah, you know, I didn't think of it that way. You know, if... If AMD comes out and, you know, their card does really, really well for for crypto miners, like you said, less power consumption, but still getting the same amount of uh, getting the same amount of hash rates or more or relatively close, you know, give or take a little bit. Maybe that'll maybe that'll leave the market open for NVIDIA for the streamers like ourselves and the 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 crypto miners can stick with like an AMD processor and that should balance out the market. Yeah. I don't know. I think they'll, I think they'll grab their hands and get their hands on whatever they can mine with whatever they got. Probably. But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Probably. Yeah. All right, guys, that's going to be it for this episode. Next week, we'll be looking at NVIDIA's claims versus the actual RTX 3080 benchmarks. And let us know on social media what you think about Facebook and if you're going to pick up the PS5. Thank you guys for listening in. Consider our Patreon to support the podcast and also by going to merch.agamingmoment.com and picking up some of that sweet, sweet swag, such as our awesome new FlexFit hat that everyone seems to be picking up. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform and be sure to check back every Tuesday for new episodes. Until next time, keep grinding.